is January 1st, 2018. I'm Glenn Rubenstein here with Raj Giri. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Tonight we're talking Monday Night Raw, the first Raw of 2018. Four weeks till the Royal Rumble, three weeks till Raw 25. Raj, happy new year. Great to see you. Thanks to everyone for joining us tonight. How's it going, man? Good, man. Happy new year to you too and to everyone out there listening. Yeah, hard to believe we're living in the future. Yeah, right. Uh, first Raw of the year. So now I know last week the word was, you know, they did the tag team title change for the Christmas Raw, do something special. Do you feel like their attitude tonight was it's a new year, we're going to kick it off with a bang? Or do you feel this was sort of that, eh, you know, there's ball games going, fewer people are watching, we're just going to kind of muscle through and then really rev it up next week. What did you think the attitude was going into this tonight? Yeah, I just think there's still a lot of time until the Rumble, so you don't want to do too much. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of, uh, I mean, I thought it was, it was fine. But yeah, there's nothing groundbreaking or, or anything major. If you if you miss tonight's show, you don't have to watch it to get caught up, you know? Well, they built so many things tonight. Like it was a big special episode of Raw. I think that's where, I'm not saying I felt cheated by it, but that's where I think I felt disappointed by the way that it played out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, one of the, the title matches, obviously, you know, um, Enzo got the flu, so he wasn't oh, able to true. make it tonight. So, you know, that was out the window. Um, Roman and, and, and we'll, I guess we'll get to it uh, in a little bit, but Roman and Samojo, that one surprised me a little bit. Not that um, Reigns, well, not that Reigns didn't lose the title. I was actually expecting him to lose by count out and then they do another step, you know? Sure. But um, yeah, it, it just seemed like they kind of blew that feud off already. It seemed way too early. And the club reuniting for a match against the Miz, Taraj, and Elias. Yeah, and that kind of did nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it was just kind of kind of a weird weird week. Um, so let's go segment by segment, break it down, and talk about what happened. So we started with that title change from last week, showing us the recap of Jason Jordan, Seth Rollins winning the tag team titles, and that led to an in-ring segment where we had the bar facing off with Rollins and Jordan. Kurt Angle was there, and it devolved into a match versus Cesaro and J- Jason Jordan. So, hey, the great news is now with this new tag team, we can just do do for a few more weeks. We'll go yeah. Seth versus Sheamus, then Jordan versus Sheamus, then yep. Seth versus Cesaro. Next thing you know, it's a rematch of the Royal Rumble. Yep, yep, pretty much. That's that's where we're headed. Um, again, this match, I thought, there's just been so many long matches on Raw lately, and when you have a, a good storyline and good build and, and then you build this, this long match, I think that's great. But when you're just constantly long matches with where, you know, fans are chanting boring in this match and it was a good match, you know, like I yeah. thought you, the, the guys worked hard. I thought their stuff was really good, but um, people, I think the, yeah, I just think these, they're too long. And it, it especially in matches like Apollo Cruz versus Bray Wyatt, where it's so obvious who's going to win. Uh, that doesn't need to go two or three segments, you know, that, that could easily be done in just one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially last week, man. Uh, we talked about this a bit on Wednesday's podcast, but the way they opened the Christmas Raw with that, what was it half an hour match with Cena and Elias last week? And then to have a very long match opening tonight, I just feel sometimes it takes the legs out from under the show before it even gets up and running. Yeah. Especially when it's guys that people don't see as main eventers, you know? Yeah. So it's you're opening the show with a long match between you know a couple guys that are kind of you know towards you know mid card up you know 
I mean, honestly, that's kind of where they're really at. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of, it just kind of drags when you don't really care who wins and when it doesn't matter who wins anyway. And then you have a long match on top of that. Well, and on top of that, so tell me what your take on this is and what you've heard, because I've been seeing online the speculation now that Jordan's got the belt on him that they are not doing the heel turn. Yeah, and that's what it looks like. Yeah, he's going to be mentored by Seth Rollins for a little while. Yeah, they need a they need a baby face. So, um, yeah, they put the, the brakes on that is what it seems like. So, And is um, the rumor true that it could have been Finn had it not been Jordan in this spot? No. I gotcha. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah. It was always once it happened, it was always Jordan. Hmm. I think so. I think what happened. This was one of those cases where um, people took something like that. Dave mentioned to kind of Dave Meltzer mentioned like off the cuff. I think he was saying looking at the lay of the land on Raw, uh, the only other person that would have made sense was Finn Balor, but not. It wasn't that Finn Balor was actually considered. Gotcha. God, isn't it amazing? Just Meltzer has an idea. And that yeah. the way the sites pick it up and spread it these days. Yeah, well, like, um, yeah, he's he's got a lot of power. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Um, so we went from that first match. Jason Jordan did win that match against Cesaro, and uh, came out of that with build up for the night's uh, match with Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. They talked about you know the stipulation that Reigns couldn't maintain uh, or retain rather with a DQ and got a promo from Sasha Banks from the Royal Rumble. Oh, it was announced in that opening segment, 30 women in the women's Rumble. 30 women. So there's two hours of the show is right there is, is the two Royal Rumble matches plus. But here's know, the crazier you... part. Take out the champions. You barely got half of those 30 as women on the main roster. Yeah. So I guess they'll be pulling in a lot of people from NXT. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm guessing a couple of surprises, a couple of veterans. So perhaps Stephanie McMahon, as many people were uh, speculating on Twitter tonight. <laughs> I, I don't see that. <laughs> no, I think. Um, Who knows? Yeah, some people are speculating blue pants because she just did that little thing for Xavier Woods's uh, promo videos for the U.S. tournament on SmackDown. People are it saying maybe she could come back. Although that's kind of obscure. I mean, blue pants is even. That's yeah. deep NXT at this point. Well, I think a lot of the people in NXT, um, you know, outside of maybe a Peyton Royce or Ember Moon, I don't know how many would get a, a good reaction. So you're probably going to, you know, get some quiet reactions for a, a lot of these people. Yeah, I think they'll have back more of the uh, the legacy women just because that people have the familiarity. It'll be special. And I think they can even say, like, hey, this is a way to include all of these women who were a part of building this legacy that is built up to this. Yeah, we'll have to see a lot of these women that have families and kids and, you know. Um, it's, it's the rumble, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, Lita wrestled a match maybe like a year ago, uh, I think. And Trish hasn't wrestled in, in forever. And I know those are like the most obvious choices when you're thinking of, you know, surprises in the rumble. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think... I th it just seems like kind of a mistake to me. Um, mm, to do 30, I thought 30 was... I mean, we speculate 20 tops. Yeah, because the problem is they keep throwing all these women in these multi-person matches. There's not enough people that feel like superstars. Um, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's why I think you, you'll be you got like to see. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of filler. Um, I remember with those legacy uh, returns, they don't even have to take a bump to go over that rope. 
I mean, they just have to make the entrance, go in there, do something, and then yeah. sail over, you know, land yeah. on their feet. Yeah. I'm excited, though, man. You know, between I, that. I, yeah, I am, too. I th- I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just think 20, 20 just seemed like the right number. I think 30 just seems... Uh, over- Excessive. Yeah. But they want to say they're on equal footing with the men. I get it. Yeah, you know. but we got... You got 18... Is it 18 women um, on the main roster? Something like that. So you take out the champs, and it's like 16. So you still could... Have, you still have slots for surprises and stuff, so... That's yeah. Cool. I'm looking forward to it, man. I mean... You know, they, uh, with these firsts, they put a lot of effort into it. Hopefully it's not like money in the bank. James Ellsworth doesn't come out and somehow win the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. I think know, they learned their lesson from the last time. So do you think, do you think the WWE has ever really like had a long-term consequence? Like, Oh, Hey, remember when we did this, this one time, that's why we can never do this again. Right. They have such high turnover with the writers. You know, I don't think Vince remembers. Yeah. That's, that's true. Um, but yeah, man. So, uh, so okay, so this was unexpected tonight, and this was unexpected for a few reasons. Bray Wyatt versus Apollo Cruz. This was not a squash match. Um, Apollo really should have been. I thought it was, and <clears throat> when it started going a little longer, I was like, "Who is this a squash match in favor of?" Because it was pretty balanced yeah. up until the end. Titus Worldwide. I mean, I joked on Twitter, but I was like, "Oh, maybe they're." This is where I had my highest hope for tonight's Raw because it was like. Oh my God, they're going to do a Titus Worldwide story, and Apollo is going to do this with Bray. Bray's done with Matt Hardy. Maybe something's going on here, but no. Uh, Apollo gets his sister Abigail, and then boom, we've got Matt and Bray facing off, further continuing their rivalry. Um, are you still on board with this? <laughs> I haven't. Yeah, I haven't been at all. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've I've been pushing for them to bring this broken gimmick back, but I was always worried that they vincify it, and uh, and then it might suck. And I think, I think fans have you know they kind of have blinders on sometimes with stuff like that they they really liked, you know. And I think because um, you hear like when they show Matt Hardy, right? Yeah, it, it gets that pop, and it gets a big pop when he first on. By the time he's done with his promo, it's just kind of like confusion made some delete chance but mostly just kind of confusion being like you know okay um that sucked this week maybe next week it'll be better but um <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm not, first of all i like i mentioned earlier i don't think this match should have went two segments uh when it's obvious who's gonna win who and it's it's you know why it should win he's involved in the feud right now you know apollo's not doing anything um so it should have just went it, it, these Long matches, when you don't need them, just makes the show feel really long, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was, a, it was a poor choice to go with these segments um, kicking off the show. I, and again, I know we're going to talk about this later. Uh, Justin and I talked about this last Wednesday when we were trying to talk about Wrestler of the Year. The WWE does not work on a calendar year. I mean, they have their seasons and they yeah. have their swings. And so it's January 1st, but to Vince McMahon, so what? It's January 1st. The Rumble is the road to WrestleMania. We right. build that up so many weeks in advance. WrestleMania is kind of the end of the year. Yeah, and, WrestleMania uh, yeah. and SummerSlam, I think, are the two. Okay. In fact, that's why we were having trouble saying who had the best year, because in a calendar year, that, it's actually really tough to remain a priority in the WWE for a complete calendar year um, and have. So, I mean, in fact, aside, I mean, we'll talk about this more later, but I mean, aside from Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. we're having trouble thinking about someone that had a very consistent year-long presence um, as a – creative focus for the WWE. 
I mean, Roman did. Um, well, yeah. You know. That's sort of perennial <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I mean, Roman's at that point where even if he did have the best year, he wouldn't get voted for it. You know what I mean? Um, well, because ever because you feel like in the WWE's mind, every year is the year of Roman Reigns. Yeah. 2018, year of Roman Reigns. This is but, his year. But who else do you really go with? <laughs> I know. See, no, I, one, I mean, no one's really over at that level. Yeah. I just I, I like when they change it up. Personally, I think that's yeah, but you need the, you need people I know. to deal with. <laughs> people want to tune in. They want a superstar. They want a personality. They can really feel the company is built around because that is proven to to work best um, for the way that they've done things. Um, so Enzo Enzo Amore is out and hospitalized, which means that the storyline continues with him and Nia Jax. Nia leaving the building. I hope she got permission first to go to the hospital and bring Enzo soup. Yep. <laughs> I like that they played into it a little. So yeah. Enzo's got the flu. Braun Strowman had the flu. Um, he, he missed the last few shows of the year, the last few live events. And yeah, Enzo, man, is bad. And this is a bad flu. This right now, like people in our house have been sick. I know so many people right now that are just sick or have been sick. It's stuff is just going around. Get your flu shot, everybody. It's not too late. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Naya bounced out of there tonight. Then we had Alexa Bliss versus Asuka. And I thought this match had a very interesting rhythm, non-title match, where at first Asuka was dominant, but then they really gave Alexa some some offense to balance yeah. it out before she lost. They gave her a lot of offense. Yeah. Um, I was almost thinking, I was almost wondering if they're going to have Alexa beat Asuka, which makes no sense at all. Um, but just to get rid of the streak so that it doesn't... <laughs> To make Oscar in the Royal Rumble so obvious, I don't know. Um, Someone's gonna kneecap her on the way to the ring or by yeah, backstage. Well, she did cut a promo over the weekend and made it sound like if she doesn't win the Rumble, then her streak is over. No, oh. which normally that doesn't make sense. Um, but let us smack that was her promo. Build it. I don't know who from SmackDown wins. Becky versus Charlotte would be a great match, but it makes no sense storyline-wise. I almost sad. think, yeah. I mean, I almost think it should be someone that's not Asuka. Uh, you know, Ronda Rousey, she's filming that movie. I think if Ronda Rousey were to be in it, you'd want to advertise that ahead of time just because you'd get, you know, a ton of eyeballs on it. Um, obviously, as a surprise, it'd be huge. But um, she's filming this movie in, through February, and... Uh, and they're going to they're going to be filming in Bogota. I don't know if that started yet, but um, it was oh, uh, Colombia filming in Atlanta, and and they're going to do some in Bogota. What's that? Uh, Columbia, Bogota, Colombia. Bogota, yeah, Colombia. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, oh, what did I, I say? Bogota. Bogota. I was like, at first I was like, what? I know it's cool. Um, I think I only remember that because isn't it like the capital of Colombia or something? Um, Someone's pointing out that Oscar lost a battle royal in NXT. She was eliminated yeah. by Eva Marie. But that, yeah, they all ganged up on it. like everyone. It was like six women. Right, but that didn't count as a loss. Yeah, yeah. I think Royal Rumble is kind of silly to to count that. Yeah. Well, real quick, guys. Uh, Matt Morgan he had to watch his son tonight. Uh, his wife is out of town for some business, so uh, should be back next week. Cool. Um, but yeah, I thought this match was definitely good for making both of them look strong. Alexa took a while to get going, but uh, non-title match it means nothing. Streak continues. Another another long match. <laughs> 
again, really, the winner is pretty obvious, right? But don't you feel with some of these matches? Now, sometimes, granted, like uh, Joe and Roman, it's like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to go out there and really put on the showcase and tell the story. Some of these other matches, when they go along, feel like the producers go, just fill a half an hour. Just go out there and just stretch it out. That's what these Raws feel like now because they have the three hours and they, it's, it's like they don't know what to, what to fill it with. They're, they're not coming up with new, new stuff for like guys that are underused because um, they could be doing other programs with, you know, uh, not having to cram all the cruiserweights together all the time and, and, and you know, doing more, uh, more stuff with the women, more individual feuds. But, you know, they got their formula and, and – they feel like to stretch out the three hours, we just have long a ton of long matches. How I, many? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, how many matches do you think like Raw should be? Because I think about this: if it's, they're going a rule of like 20 minutes, half an hour each, plus some other stuff, we're talking like six matches in an evening. I feel like like 10 in my mind is the ideal number, just to get everyone in. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think. Honestly, to, if you want the show feeling like it's moving fast, I think you should only have the main event and maybe one other match go more than one segment. Yeah. And and then that just – that's what they used to do uh, back in the day, like in the Attitude mm-hmm. Era. Matches never went through a commercial break. And so, you know, it it, it, it just kept you. You, you. you know, you saw it, you, and then you wanted to stick around and see what was up next. You, you put a bunch of people on the show. Um and they got way more creative people now than they did back then. Yeah. But, but they they don't do anything with them. And so. it keeps the crowd hot. I mean, when during that Jason Jordan uh, Cesaro match, when the crowd's chanting Rusev Day. Yeah. And right. Rusev and even on Raw, <laughs> yeah. you know you got a problem when that's your first match of the night. Right. You know? Um, so, oh, I got I to gotta call this out. Renee Young, corpsing a little bit there in that interview with Samoa Joe talking about how Dean Ambrose is at home living off his wife's paycheck. I love that. I love this, so this stuff with Renee and, and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, there's, uh, that promo is just awesome. He's great. He, he, just, he just comes across as so believable, uh, you know, which a lot of guys don't. And uh, he, he believe everything he's saying. You don't really feel like he's reading a script, even though, you know, it is scripted for the most part. Yeah. So, Renee Young and, and Renee Young is she's Jack will be pointing out she's amazing the way she plays off of him you know she was she was great she's underutilized man I mean she was great at talking smack unfiltered uh, I have to say I miss I miss having unfiltered on the network she's a good host I think that she's got a lot of talent she's got her own podcast uh, that she has with a friend of hers regular girls I mm-hmm. feel like even though she gets so much airtime I feel like she's underutilized by the WWE yeah I agree with that she's she's a she's really talented. Like far and beyond, you know, most of the other people on there, the, the, yeah. the other backstage interviewers and stuff. I'm sure she'll get something new. We got the new WWE show tonight. We had the uh, last one they tried out with Corey Graves. It seems like right now they're trying to do the cheapest original programming possible. So I'm sure there will be something new that is Renee Young, just talk to somebody and film it with your phone. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Why not? Uh, uh, but hey, man, let's uh, thank the sponsor of this episode, which is SeatGeek. So you guys know buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy, and that's with SeatGeek. It's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you want concerts, sporting events, wrestling, the theater. When you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or you need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, and it's fully guaranteed. 
There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician or wrestler in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. You've heard me talk about this before. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. Raj used it to go see uh, Lady Gaga a few yeah, weeks ago. It was easy. It was it was it was just super simple to use and i you know i plan on using it every time i have to get tickets for something so oh it's great it's I'm, great I'm, meta. I'm hooked on it yeah yeah i used it for hamilton tickets and i'm telling you i love that it could be anywhere and with just a few taps i can instantly find seats it was funny when i was uh, searching for hamilton what i love about it is it pulls in the prices from these other sites it compares it tells you that you're getting a good deal where you're getting the best price saves you the time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare your prices to find amazing deals get you the most bang for your buck it creates every ticket based on the value to help you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget and every purchase is fully guaranteed so important so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports to concerts, wrestling, comedy, theater, and more. And best of all, our listeners can get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's right, save $20 when you download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code INC today. That's promo code INC for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. I'm using it to go see a SmackDown house show in February. Very excited about that. Uh, because you know with wrestling, man, or with any event, for me, I'm one of those guys, location is so important. You've heard me talk about it before. I love to be on the ramp, especially for house shows. It's so much fun, the energy. And with SeatGeek, I can see exactly where my seats are gonna be and know that I'm getting the best value for my money. SeatGeek, download it, save $20 with our code INC. And we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Absolutely, definitely check it out. So Braun Strowman versus Rhino tonight. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was one segment, you know, it didn't stretch out over a, a commercial. Um, it was effective. The crowd was the crowd was hottest for this uh, more than anything on the show. I felt like, except for maybe the the end of the Roman Reigns Samoa Joe match. Well, Braun's got it, man. He's got that that Goldberg energy where he just people want to see the hits. They want to see that you know just him come out do it when they yell the like again, again. I mean, when's the last time you saw that on the main roster when someone's just so stoked just to see someone come in there and be that dominant? Yeah, it's been a while. Um, where, where people are legitimately excited to see him and, you know, he pulls it off. I, I thought he was great. I, I love this whole thing and yeah. him, him power slamming Heath and Rhino over and over. Um, it was great. If, yeah, I mean, I, I doubt he's completely cured of the flu already. So, you know, he's doing that, all of that. Well, he's pretty sick. So kudos yeah. to him. Well, Rhino's immune to everything, and Heath Slater with his multiple children, you know, just right. must be living in Disease City between cold and flu season. So, uh, you right. know, those guys are tough enough. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny that post-match dominance, for a second I asked my wife, I'm like, did this stream skip and did this go back? Because that went on so long, <laughs> continuing to beat them down after I legitimately thought I was in a time loop. Um, that was yeah, I wonder how much of that was, um, was improv. Like he just yeah. decided to just go and do it again because the crowd was going crazy for it. And that's the thing, man. It's like you don't get that with Brock Lesnar. They're not like, come on, Brock, give us another F5. You don't see Brock like – Braun very clearly telegraphs that he's into what the crowd's doing. Remember at Survivor Series, was it, or one of those matches where he even like was pumping up the crowd, doing the come on, do it again. You know, I like that. I like that he plays off of that in a way most superstars don't. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he gets it. I mean, he's uh, you know on on our wrestling ink on our fan voting on the site, which we'll we'll talk about here in a little bit. But um, 
he, he won breakout star of the year. And I cannot, that's one that I could not disagree with at all. There were quite a few I disagreed with, but uh, that one didn't disagree with it at all. So we got a lot of hype tonight for the Raw 25th anniversary episode, which is coming up in three weeks. That's going to be the go-home show for the Royal Rumble. Taking place at two venues, Justin Labar is going to be there in person. He predicts that that night will set up The Undertaker coming back for one more match. Yeah. It's seeming more plausible. now. Is See, it yeah, it's looking like it, except it's looking like Cena. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the... That's the speculation. Cena is going to have a big match. That was in the the Wrestling Observer newsletter. He's not wrestling AJ, um, and he doesn't. Dave Meltzer wrote he didn't. He wasn't told who he's. You know, Cena will be facing. Just that it's a really big match and it's it's bigger than AJ. So um, you know that that leaves only a, a few names. And Undertaker makes the most sense to me. Uh, the thing that didn't make sense to me with Braun Strowman is you don't want Braun losing to Taker. I don't think. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't think you want to take her losing again after losing last year to Roman. So with Cena, you could have him beat Cena. doesn't hurt Cena at all. Cena's, you know, not going to be around much this year anyway. So it makes sense if, if Taker's doing one more match. Who was the last guy to intentionally go out on top where it didn't just turn out to be their last match, but intentionally won his final match? Trish did. Hmm. Uh, she, I think she retired as the champion. Uh, but, you know, we're going, that's going way back. Yeah. Um, this so. is breaking with decades of tradition. Yeah. And who who knows if this will be Undertaker's last match. Jesus. So, you know, I mean, getting paid millions of dollars for, for one night a year. I uh, mean, with and, Cena, and, a, and a couple of other appearances, but. With Cena, it'll be a very safe, very steadily paced match, but I don't think it'll be. You know, this is going to be a five-star match. Like no, no. And it should. It, it doesn't need to be. Um, Do you think you that know. was a problem with Reigns that they tried to have too much of a real match? It, that did. I thought it went a little too long, but I thought that match was okay. You know, for yeah. where Undertaker is right now, he can't do too much. I know. So. It was a bit um, comfortable to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think... Uh, I think they're just big enough stars that they don't have to do too much. It's like rock versus Hogan. That match was fantastic and they didn't do anything, you know, like yeah. they just had that crowd in the, the palm of their hands. The only thing with this match and we'll just have to see how they start the build, but it just feels like it's past, you know, like Cena versus taker, like it would have been gigantic a couple years ago, but oh yeah, it just doesn't, I don't know. Not, it doesn't feel like that iconic match. Like it, it should. And like, in years prior where it, it was discussed, it, it just seemed like that was a mega match. It wouldn't sell as many tickets for the casuals, but right now I could see them doing Taker versus Kane and going out that way. But that's not mm. big. That's more of a fan service match. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Would fans want to see that over Taker versus Cena? Yeah, well, it's kind of a nice, <laughs> like, kayfabe mythology ending to it, right? I mean, Taker versus Cena, you got to build, you got to tell a story. But if you just say, like, K Taker versus Kane... It's got already this complex history. Yeah, I think if if you did that, that would have. I don't know. That's not a WrestleMania match to me. In a casket match. <laughs> they've they've wrestled each other at WrestleMania what three times? I think it's been a yeah. It's not nothing new. Yeah, this, but uh, I think at least it, twice. I, I'm forgetting if it's twice or three. Yeah, and Cena announced that he's going to be in the Rumble. Why? I mean, it's a name, but well, yeah, you need to have big names in there. I don't know. It just seems kind of 
I don't know. I mean, do, who, okay, so I guess here we are four weeks out. Who do you predict is going to win the Royal Rumble on the men's side? Oh, man. Um, the fact that they announced the Fastlane main event already, which just boggles my mind, and Nakamura, Orton, um, who Kevin else? Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and AJ Styles is defending. Yeah. Obviously, that plan could change, but the fact that they leaked it, I'm guessing, is that's their working direction. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put anything at all. Um, so it tells you, because I was thinking Nakamura, and that sets up the SmackDown main event. Um, and, you know, so, gosh, maybe Roman, since he is facing Brock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, who else would it be? I don't know. Last year, Randy Orton was kind of a controversial win. Yeah, uh, um, and he got the world title match at, at Mania. So who? Yeah, and, and they projected so it's, it's, stuff onto the ring during that match. Yeah, like, he had maggots. The first ever <laughs> maggots on a in a ring match. But um, yeah, I mean, who who would be who's the SmackDown? There's no obvious match on the SmackDown side, and the fact that they're doing that five way, uh, I guess the winner of that faces the Royal Rumble winner. So I'm still thinking it's the Royal Rumbles. It's either Reigns or. Gosh, I, I just don't know who would be on the SmackDown side that's not in that Fastlane main event already. Jinder Mahal, man. He's making his comeback in Mania. <laughs> uh, I, I like that they, they're moving him to the U.S. title picture. I, I think, think that's, that's where he belongs. I think it's the right move. Uh, he'll get better working there. Um, so, yeah. Actually, if the trajectory continues, and I know this would be a little weird, um, but if they really want to tap into something, Rusev. I know it's against the trajectory he's on being in a tag team. But look, they didn't make that. We talked about this on Wednesday. I, we thought they should have called, called an audible. And when they heard that crowd response, had them become the number one contenders rather than Gable and Benjamin. Because the SmackDown crowd was so hot for Rusev in particular. I could almost see him if this, he, if this build continues from the fans. I think he, he's, he's certainly in the running. Yeah, so it's always it's all about the timing, right? So if you've got someone getting over like a Damien Sandow, yeah, um, then it doesn't matter because you you don't have a long term picture for him. You know, he's going to be a comedy guy. He's over, but you know that once they split, there's not much longevity in it for him. Now Rusev, obviously, he's he's got the size. He's he's great in the ring, charisma. So if you want to do a big singles push and and see if you see him as a top guy. Uh, then you want to make sure that you don't do, pull the trigger too quickly. And um, but you know what? I think I think him winning at the Royal Rumble would would be awesome. I think yeah. he he's that gives it enough time for him to you know probably peak with popularity wise. And um, and uh, hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going well. Going well. Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're already uh, we're already going. Sorry, we've got surprise guests. You never know who's going <laughs> to drop by the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Chris Featherstone joining us. So, Chris Rusev, Rusev wins the Rumble. What do you think? Does that do anything for you? No. Oh. Um, I, I I think you should make it. Uh, you should make it organic. Uh, I think um, you don't make it. You don't want to make it so contrived. I think the Rusev day is is going very well. Um, and I think that, uh, you should do a baby. I think, I think Aiden English should, should turn on Rusev or they should have some dissension going on. Uh, just kind of make it organic. Don't rush it. Let it go. And I think that, uh, you should 
kind of do the baby face push, maybe Rusev and English at, at Mania, perhaps, because I don't see much of a spot, a big prominent spot for Rusev. Make it, you know, give it, give us some time. Let it, let it uh, be organic. Don't rush I, it. I think if you put him in a feud with English, though, it might kind of kill his steam. And I agree with that. Actually, that's exactly what I was saying before you came on is timing. And you don't want to rush these things, especially mm-hmm. when if, if it's someone that you see as a, a real main event single star, yeah. as opposed to a guy that's an over comedy act. Like, and yeah. uh, I, But I think if Rusev is someone you want to pull the trigger on, um, I mean, it, it would get a huge reaction if you won the Rumble. And, and we were saying the other obvious choice is Reigns. Um, I don't know who 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 would you pick to win the rumble right now at this stage? Nakamura, hands down. Um, but I think Nakamura is in the main event of Fastlane. That's right. Well, I, I uh, Dave Meltzer was on my show uh, last Tuesday, and we were talking about uh, this subject. And basically, I, I, it's Fastlane's in Columbus. I'll be there, and you know those cards are always subject to change. You know what I mean? And even if Nakamura wins the Royal Rumble. A four-way is just as fine, you know. Mm. If you if you remove one person from the five-way, it won't affect the match. This is going to be a filler match, anyways. No, I for sure. But the fact that they released that already would seem yeah. to suggest that that's the working direction. And they, they already have, you know, they already know who's going to win the rumble. So right, I, I don't see them changing it on the fly to Nakamura for. You know, because Nakamura was my choice that we, a couple of weeks ago. That was my prediction. Uh, but do you think the promotion's a red herring, though? Do you think? It, do you think it could be that just to kind of, you know, kind of elicit these type of reaction or this type of conversation? I do. They care enough about the SmackDown <laughs> side to do, you know, to do that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I can tell you this: in the past, they've been they've doing announced- so good with Reigns, though. They've been. I mean, they've they've. He's gotten more babyface reaction now. The past couple of months, really, the past few weeks, more than he has in, in years. You know, and do yeah, you, but don't do you, you think that'd be flushing it down the toilet by having him win the rumble? <laughs> in Philly, I agree. You know, yes, in Philly, right, right, in Philly, <laughs> and Philly was the. Uh, I would say if there's anything that was the single most pivotal moment to get him in that situation that he, you know, was buried in for, for a long time, it was Philly. Yeah. So do you do the same thing in Philly? I, yeah, I don't think maybe. you do that. I think it's too much of a, like you said, there, he's been getting really good reactions, and it would just just flush it away. Sure would, yeah. So that's why I think it's got to be a SmackDown person that wins it. But then there's no, if, if that Fastlane main event is what it is, and there's mm-hmm. no obvious guy other than like what what uh, he was saying with Rusev as as a surprise. And last year you had Orton, which was a surprise. Orton versus Wyatt at Mania, isn't that crazy to think that that was the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania? It, it, it I was there, and the theatrics live was was. Um... <laughs> uh, I think I hope it was better than on TV. It, it it was better. It was better because I watched it. I watched it on the network after um, you know being there live, and 
better lives than it was uh, on the network. It, it was just very. It, it looked terrible on the network. On live, it was the the Orlando feel. It was dark. It was kind of fun, you know. But just watching it on the network, it was like, oh man, I can see why people were complaining about this. Movie. Well, plus it had nothing to do with the ending. So you had Bray Wyatt projecting maggots, and then he still lost. It just it just kind of defeated the whole purpose. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. Man. <laughs> I think so. SmackDown needs to coalesce around their top guys right now. I mean, and I think with Rusev, they need to put him at the top. I mean, they can't. You can't have the U.S. title holder be a Baron Corbin right now. I feel like SmackDown needs to put its stars in top positions with the belts and then build top level feuds. They tried the experiment for a very long time with Jinder, but I think you need the most over guys right now to get some heat back in that brand and get people feeling like it has momentum again. It could be it could be the one of the reasons why Rusev is not uh in the U- US title tournament, so could be. Yeah, but I mean they're not they don't they didn't become the number one contenders for the tag team titles. Right. They've got them. I mean, what are they going to do? Put them in a feud with uh the Bludgeon Brothers? I mean, yeah. I mean, the the obvious <laughs> thing would be them feuding with the Usos, but if yeah. Rusev is getting super over as a babyface as right. singles, then Aiden English, you know, they're a great act together, but he brings them down by being in a tag team with him. No, but he right. could become his valet. He could Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, yeah. that's what I mean. Like he he you have him as a second and and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, I, I like that choice, actually. I think you can make a, a new star with Rusev. Um, it's, it's a little out of left field. But, you know, to Chris's point, are, if, are you pulling the trigger too early where fans just kind of crap on it? And SmackDown from each week to week is, I mean, Rusev is one of the few high points on that show. That's true. Not a lot of superstars. Mm, yeah, yeah, I would make it organic, though. I, I, yeah. would, start off, I would start off with having... Uh, uh, a feud between him and Aiden English. I think Rusev is so over now that even if it was like a mania a match between him and English, he would still get Rusev Day chance. So I don't yeah, think it would hurt him in the babyface. That screams kickoff show, you know? Yeah. It does. It, it does. But where else do you put him, though? I mean, he'll be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal if he's not. You know, right. That, yeah. That would be his other choice. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even at Mania, man, I could see it. I could see Rusev coming out, Aiden doing a lavish thing with the singing and a tux, you know, some fancy outfit. I think he, it'll be a throwback to an old school manager having yeah. him come out and do that as a valet. I don't know. But you want to keep the heat. You you want to keep the heat on Aiden, Aiden English, though. I mean, yeah. like he's he he's being cheered by proxy, right? Because because of Rusev. If but he was a standalone gimmick. Yeah, but but he if if he was a standalone gimmick, as we saw before he was with Rusev, he'd get jeered. And, that, yeah. and he'll, he'll most likely do that if he's away from Rusev. Oh no, I think he stays with Rusev as as his manager. Um I mean I think Aiden which is unfortunate. Aiden is, is a very good wrestler. I think he's got an amazing physique and a good look. But mm-hmm. the singing thing, man, I mean, look at the trajectory of him on SmackDown and Elias on Raw. Elias is over with the crowd. Aiden yeah. was not until he paired up with Rusev. Well, well, there's a, a shakeup that probably will happen after Mania. Why don't you have Elias and Aiden and English team together? <laughs> Just get every their music style, Their together. styles are a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Get our truth in there, and we'll just have the you know the the rock and wrestling super group. There you go. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so back to Raw, though. We got, man, talk about a segue there. Um, yeah. Okay, so the Intercontinental title match tonight, Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns. Chris, how did you think this was going to turn out versus how it turned out? Uh, I thought it, both was fantastic. I think the match was really good. I think that I think they put a lot of time in the match, which worked very well. I was expecting it to be a good match. I mean, uh, man, people crap on Roman Reigns. It just seems like they try to find reasons why, and the reasons why doesn't make sense. I mean, he's a solid worker. He's been a he's solid great. worker for a long time, and you can't, you know, the the he can't wrestle. You know, excuse has been out the door oh, yeah. for a while now. <laughs> so, can, he, and he so, Smojo's always been a solid roster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I knew, I mean, on paper, it seemed like it would be a good solid match. It exceeded my expectations, and I ex actually expected pretty high on that match. It was fantastic. What do you think the outcome was going to be, though? Because with the stipulation, it seemed like, and, you know, if Roman's going against Brock and Mania, granted, we've got some time still. But mm -hmm. I think the expectation is he's not going to go into Mania as the Intercontinental Champion. Samoa Joe's got this momentum right now. I think a lot of people thought tonight might have been the night. I think uh, I think it would have been a good way to have him drop the title because I think it would have still protected Reigns mm -hmm. if he dropped it via disqualification. If he would have had like an aggressive side, continued his aggressive side this week like he did last week, uh, and losing by DQ would have still protected Reigns as a character. So I think in that in that vein, it would have been a good way to drop it. But, um, I mean, they, they've – people. another people another thing people don't realize is that Reigns, I think a while ago, a few months ago, I did like a statistic, and he was – and he lost one out of every three matches. People always say people, you know, shove Roman Reigns down your throat, but statistically, no, they, they don't. And so I think uh, I think with Reigns, if you keep him, you know, if you keep him Intercontinental Champion right now, what does that really lead to? You know, and, and I think Samoa Joe is the best person to kind of go into Royal Rumble as Intercontinental Champion because we know where Roman Reigns is going to lead to. And so it, it just kind of it, it is a bit, a bit murky when you think about the Intercontinental title seeing right now Miz is coming back next week so do you put the belt back on him which seems like it may be backtracking the momentum of the title so I I, I, I so I agree like I thought so I thought that uh, Samoa Joe was going to win tonight by count out and then mm -hmm. that's you know because the, the stip was the DQ so there's a way to give Samoa Joe the win not change the title it keeps the feud going yeah. It seemed early to be doing the blow off for this feud um, because they did, unless they got something new for Roman uh, right now. And you did mention the Miz coming back next week. And, and the Miz has been, you know, the Miz has been great. So, Miz is fantastic. But I think if you're getting Roman ready for Mania, you don't have him lose to the Miz. Now, granted, right. you know, with Jericho uh, last year when Roman lost the U.S. title to. Uh, how did he lose it? Was it like in a three-way or it was like a DQ Kevin or something? Cost to, I think Kevin Owens uh, appeared maybe. How did he lose the U.S. title? Yeah. Jericho? Uh, yeah, I think it was like no DQ and uh, Owens was, it was just like blatant him and Owens yeah. was just like beating up Reigns. And Owens had the main title 
Jericho had the U.S. Yeah. title. Right. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, it just seemed like it was too early to blow this off. But um, you know what? You know, who knows? Maybe they'll do a champion versus champion at Mania. Do like old WrestleMania 6 style where you had Hogan and Warrior, where Hogan was the world champ and Warrior was Intercontinental champ. That's just every Smarks nightmare is just going to be the end of Mania, Roman holding all the belts. Like, literally. <laughs> they will find a way to get every belt onto him. I'm sure there's plenty memes like that, so we don't yeah. want to... We don't want to remember those with him winning the Women's Royal Rumble. Have you yeah. seen that with him in the wig? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I've heard of the champion versus champion idea um, over the past couple of weeks, but I... I you don't want to do that, though. I mean, you you, you want to have that intercontinental title. I think the mo- I think with Reigns doing the open <clears throat> challenges and having really solid matches, I think it uh, raises the momentum of the title. And you just don't want to just blow the momentum of the intercontinental championship off by just having him, you know, defend it at Mania yeah. against Lesnar. I mean, granted, it would add a layer to their match as opposed to was it thirty one that they went against each other. Hmm. Uh, but I mean, Brock Lesnar as an Intercontinental Champion? Uh, no, that's <laughs> not. <good>. No. Yeah. <laughs> Last year, wasn't it the Intercontinental title? Wasn't that a pre-show match? It was Dean Ambrose and Barrett Corbin, or was yeah, that the U.S. Corbin. title? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was uh, Intercontinental. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. Uh so unexpected moments tonight. After Roman won that, we had a cruiserweight match. Enzo, as we mentioned, out six and no title defense against Cedric Alexander tonight. So we had Drew Gulak and Arya Davari come out. Drew read a statement from Enzo, which was fantastic. Um, eh, this is getting a little long in the tooth. They've been doing this for a while now. It's WWE, man. They run <laughs> it into the ground and then run it further into the ground and then find a new subterranean level to go down to. Yeah. Um, so Cedric Alexander's uh, calls to the back to get a tag team partner. Who comes out? Gold Dust. Now he has done a lot of DDP yoga, but I do not think he is a 205 pounds. Um, <laughs> teamed with Cedric Alexander tonight versus Drew Gulak and Ario Davari. They picked up the win. Well, this was certainly unexpected. Uh, but what do you what do you think of this, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> when I saw Gold Dust come out. I was like, okay. So the first thing I thought about was Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, how they are adding them to the tour. Uh, and, you know, I suppose maybe Goldust uh, kind of does an angle like Matt Hardy did back in the day when he was trying to cut weight to become, you know, cruiserweight champion. Sure. Hey. Um, and, I, you know, why not? I mean, it'd be a good way to, you know, kind of implement uh, Goldust. He's doing a bunch of face heel things and our truth on twitter is uh, trying to get his spot in the uh mix match uh, oh, yeah. challenge gold dust potentially <laughs> yeah. teaming with oscar if you follow on social yeah. media yeah and uh you know uh oscar keeps uh, letting him know that she's not that he's not ready for oscar so two weeks uh, from tomorrow that launches folks and we're seeing promos but yeah. we're not really seeing it in the programming yet with them hyping that up yet right yeah. Uh so I mean if 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 they want to do I mean it's a <laughs> do you think at, at this at this point I think it's one of those things that uh he should be a, he should be an agent. I mean there's not really anything on screen for Goldust nowadays. You think it was a case that they just didn't have, have another cruiserweight in the back so they're like <laughs> oh, screw it let's, let's just use Goldust. <laughs> well, Hadel Tommy, I'd imagine he was there. Yeah, well, they didn't use him. I mean no. that's who I thought was coming out. You know, yeah. that's 
it, it, it seemed like that's what they were building to. But uh, why not? Actually, who else could they have had for the win? So they couldn't have had Kurt Hawkins. Who else was backstage tonight? Because you know, I have to say, tonight it seemed like everyone made an appearance. With the with the Dash and Dawson didn't I mean yeah the revival have been working main event so it's not yeah. looking too good for them um, uh, I, I'm not sure actually not sure if they even work main event tonight Goldust may may have been the only person backstage that made sense no no to, to Tony's uh, Akira Tozawa and Tony Nese were okay. also backstage so they could use okay Tozawa yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if that continues, although there's no so, obvious name for that pairing. Have y'all talked about the uh, uh, Apollo Crews? In Titus Worldwide, World. baby. Yeah, so has anybody mentioned anything about Dana Brooke looking like Alexander York? Alexander York <laughs> from the York County. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought about. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Taking totally. notes and statistics during the match. Yeah. They're really stretching for a role for her. You know. Hey! Yeah. You know what? If Titus Worldwide gets a little push as a stable, I actually think get some of the other guys backstage that aren't being utilized, have kind of a ragtag faction, you know, it would not be the worst thing that the WWE has done. I was going to say this year, but yeah, in 2018. I think, I think, Titus, they need yeah. someone in there that is not going to just lose every week to get right, it some yeah. credibility. Right now, they've, they've beaten Apollo too much. Uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> Apollo Crews. A, yeah, so it's kind of DOA. <clears throat> um, so Elias teaming with the Mr. Raj tonight to take on a reunited club. Finn Balor reteaming with Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. The internet went nuts for this. Uh, Man, Chris, it, got a, it got a pretty good pop um, yeah. when they showed him on screen. I wonder how many people have popped have ever watched uh, the Bullet Club in New Japan. Uh, well, Access TV does show it. They do, the but the, the viewership for that, you're talking hundreds of thousands. And it's on a delay, because when I'm flipping channels and New Japan's on, so they'll put it on there and it'll be like, well, this was like a year ago, but it, they were still showing a year ago matches with AJ still. So it was on a significant delay. Yeah, and that, well, they're Cuban's a lot closer uh, now. Yeah, I was going to say, Cuban's, uh, he, he's he's making a, a, a harder investment to, to bring... Uh, those matches, I think he bought the three main event matches to be aired on the sixth, and so, you know, just mm. two days after you know, Wrestle Kingdom. So, yeah, this Friday, Wrestle Kingdom yeah. twelve is going to be on Access. Yeah, yep. that's great. Um, um, so it was a reunion, but it wasn't the reforming of a faction. They didn't have, you know, yeah, just another way for Finn to battle the Mistarage. Man, they they have nothing <laughs> for Finn. <laughs> And, and they should have had Goldust team up with Finn. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. Um, poor guy. But uh, hey, oh you know, there's on late in the show, it got a good pop. Gallus and Anderson have just been doing WWE shop promos. So uh, yeah, I gave him something. I don't like it though. I don't like it though. You gotta. I, I'm a storyline guy. I mean, oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. You gotta, you oh, gotta, I agree. You got to add some layers to this thing before you just throw them together. It just to me, it made no sense at all. I mean, of course, it's just a, a of course, it elicited a, a quick pop, which it did. But at the same time, I mean, bring build the story. That's the reason why I liked uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. I liked mm -hmm. the fact that they kind of stretched it out, you know, for them to to reunite. And I think it just makes perfect sense to me if they. They should have stretched this out. I mean, sadly, have, though, I think it's just a case where WWE does not 
consider them to be on the level to get a, a real storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they kind of reserve yeah. those for certain people. And uh, yeah, and I really, I wish that I, I wish that they would have just not had them kind of cross paths yet. I mean, I think the best way to cross paths with them is that superstar shakeup. Uh, you know, Styles or Nakamura win the the title. I mean, well, either Styles retain after Mania or Nakamura wins. I think that's when you do the shakeup. You have Finn come in and just they just run roughshod, you know, uh, against the the world champion at the time, and that's the way you bring them together. That's the shock and all. Instead of just some random Raw, you know, yeah. just uh, and but just the say, Cubs oh, been that way. Together. They had them yeah. make that first appearance like they were the NWO coming out through the crowd. Oh, my God, they're invading. Um, yeah. You know, uh, they retired the Deadly Boys, and it's been a big nothing for the majority of their run in WWE. It was all hype yeah. and build up with, you know, I mean, they're around, but they haven't really used them for anything. I mean, they've been in the, title. The Halloween, the Halloween street fights where yeah. one of them gets the pumpkin on their head. Right. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, they were, and they were tagged on the tag team division. They were largely filler. I mean, they never won the titles. They didn't. Well, they have, won. Yeah, they. they when won when the did title. they have it? When did they have them? It was short, though. They the Gallows and Anderson. Or pardon me, uh, Sheamus and Cesaro beat them, right? Mm-hmm. So that was when that was ending. But yeah, it wasn't really a memorable run though, because they were the start of that. What we talk about the these repetitive matches with the tag teams doing the interchanging of partner in the singles mm-hmm. matches. It just felt mm-hmm. like it got run into the ground so fast. Yeah, yeah. I I think with I think with that team, there's so much. I think there's so much stock left in Anderson and Gallows, but it's just, it's just one of those things that anybody is subject to just be irrelevant if they're misused. And that's the, you know prime examples at Anderson and Gallows at this point. Yeah, match was good, short. This yeah. one could have gone on for maybe 20 minutes. Maybe, you know, we didn't need as long on some of those other matches. No, this didn't need to go 20 minutes. This is another <laughs> one where the, the result is obvious. You know that uh, unless they had Elias Pinfin, but uh, you, you knew the Miztourage was oh, yeah. taking, the, taking the fall. Oh, the Miztourage. But speaking of Elias, though, I mean, has he been pigeonholed in this in this kind of, you know, because, uh, you know, I wrote about it um uh, here on the site, as far as just the, the curse of the worker, you know, that uh, Ziggler was talking about on his uh, uh, interview with Edge and Christian. Do you think that Elias is kind of getting, getting pigeonholed to that point at this uh, at this juncture? Because, you know, he's amazing gimmick. But at the same time, his win loss record is starting to get back to the days of NXT, you know, and, and he's just not. He, he's not really getting a push per se. His character is just str- so strong that he can just be utilized however WWE sees fit. And I don't, and, and you know, I don't think that really helps the momentum of his character. But I don't think, I think the, there's kind of a low ceiling on him. He's not a musical gimmick like the honky tonk man or someone that taps into a region of the country or culture. You know, there's nothing about the, I mean, the music is um, almost an anti gimmick in that it's meant to annoy and get heat from the crowd. I don't think he's ever going to... Well, that's what Honky Tonk Man was, too. No, but, but you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying about Honky Tonk Man, though, people, 
that relate to his style of music. No, he never got any. So? He was he was one of the most hated heels all all across the country. They well, he no. he didn't appeal to. I he didn't get cheered. People that liked the honky tonk band. They were like, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you I got relatives see, in the south. You never see him get cheered on. You know, yeah, when remember they were that in the episode south. in Memphis? He got a bunch of pops. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what happened. I'm saying? No, okay, but I think Elias, Elias has no audience identity. There's no a member. Of, there's no one group of audience that identifies with him. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think he's getting over. I think he. Yeah. I mean, you know, at these live events and stuff, people are, are popping big for him, and um, I, I just think, uh, you know, this gimmick could pigeonhole him after a while. But um, yeah, I, I think he's got momentum, and having him lose. Vince Russo wrote about, you know, tweeted about this uh, a few weeks ago where he's like, uh, you know, last week Elias was in this match with Roman Reigns, got over big, and then he's not even on the next week, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you see him as something, um, I'm not saying, you know, have him win the world title or anything like that, but, you know, try to try to utilize that momentum and try to, you know, work on that momentum instead of having him lose a nothing match. Well, I think that's the perfect example with the honky tonk man. I mean, he wasn't to me. You know, I don't, I don't ever think that the honky tonk man was a world champion gimmick. Right. However, he was a really good mid card gimmick, and he kept the. You know, he still has the the record for the longest reigning intercontinental champion. Of, you know, of all time, and I think that I think that Elias fits in that role perfectly. I think yeah. if you make him a mid card champion. Yeah, and he's already super over. You make him that mid card star, and I think that's the perfect way to put him uh, at right now. I don't see, I don't see why not. But uh, I think it it kind of hurts him if he kind of gets that momentum yanked from him because it seems organic, and he actually has to sing songs now that just like blatantly disrespects the city for him to get booze, you know. That's, that's and, classic heel heat though. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> cheap heat, and, but and, and, it, it, and it's good though. I mean, yeah. I love I love the cheap heat and the reason why I'm saying that is because if he doesn't blatantly say anything about the city, the city will cheer him. And that's what we've been seeing. Like he'll get cheered until, you know, he'll he'll say something about Chicago and then he'll just yank him, you know, and and and, and just, just He'll just deliver that that line that gets the heat, which yeah. is perfect. I think yeah. it's a perfect mid card champion gimmick right now, I and agree. I think they should they should roll with that. Well, I'll say this: it's been over two years since Elias debuted in NXT, and why just last week did we get the WWE stands for Walk with Elias? That was genius. <laughs> I, I loved it. Did you guys hear? <laughs> do you hear, do you guys hear Elias on Steve Austin's podcast? No, yeah. I heard it was good though. So until a few weeks ago, Steve Austin thought Elias was saying, who wants to walk with a lion? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah. man, I don't, it's, it's a cool saying, but I didn't get it. <laughs> like, why a lion? Um, yeah. And then he was actually thinking about considering saying that because I wrote about it here on the site about, uh, about that interview. And uh, he was talking about like, yeah, I might even use it. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> This is kind of cool when you think about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah. So until few, until really recently, Steve Austin thought he was saying he wants to walk with a lion. It'll be good merch. <laughs> yeah, lion is a cool name. You know, like was, uh, people don't really use that like for a nickname. He had Lionheart, but yeah, yeah. It was Jericho. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, uh, final segment of the night. Paul Heyman out there. 
doing the Paul Heyman thing, hyping up the triple threat match of the Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, and Kane. Talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Kane comes out, attacks, locker room empties. Weird camera work on that. First thing you see is Kurt Hawkins on the side of the ring coming to Cade's uh, aid. <laughs> and yeah, man, like for big endings, this was not uh, a shining example, I think, of a way to, to go out with the first episode of 2018. Yeah, they're, they're just out of ideas with what to do with Brock, it, it seems like. I mean, he does some co- he's had some cool stuff with Samoa Joe earlier this year and Braun, mm. uh, but this was just the standard, we need to do something, put him on TV. Um, Paul Heyman, you know, he, his promo is great, but it's not everything we've heard before. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just kind of by the numbers, the, the ending. Yeah. I was, you know what I was expecting? I was expecting Kane to lay out, uh, Braun and Brock since Brock had laid them both out last time. And then the next time Braun lays them both out and, you know, everyone's all even. So I'm actually glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I think this ending left much to be desired. I think there was a bunch of fumbles, a bunch of miscues. Uh, one thing I noticed was uh, when Lesnar, and it's the same song and dance with Paul Heyman to me, though. You know, yeah. he's he's an amazing promo worker. There's no doubt on that. He He's exactly what Bro- uh, Brock Lesnar needs. But it's just, it gets kind of repetitive with, with Heyman, you know, when he comes out. And, I, and one thing I noticed, I don't know if anybody else noticed it, is when Lesnar was about to go out the ring, he stepped back in before Kane's music. Right, hit. I saw that. So like he already knew that cue was coming. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he, did they forget to play his music? I'll just get back right. in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just to, like you said, Glenn, the camera work on just uh, you already had people out, and they try to they try to really patch it up by saying. Oh well, Kurt Angle know it was gonna, you know, be a lot of commotion or whatever. So sent him out. Yeah, yeah he had people ready, and it just how this all, you know, kind of shaped up was just really weird. And yes. why would the locker room empty out for that? Why would the locker room be like, "Oh, I want to get between these two guys"? And they, they hadn't yeah. gotten even that heated yet when they emptied out. Yeah, so. <laughs> and the locker room just never worse in this race, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was, well, they, they said that Kurt team. Angle sent them out. Yeah, yeah. So that was the the story, but uh, they were stretching. It 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 was Natalie's asking the last time that uh, Brock Lesnar wrestled on Raw. It, he hasn't since his return after the UFC. I think mm-hmm. he has something weird in his contract where uh, <laughs> he has so many matches per year, and they're he'll all only on do so many F fives. You know, well, it's weird because he he'll, he'll he'll do like a ten minute brawl, but yeah. you know, so you're getting physical and you're taking bumps and stuff, but you won't do, you know, a five-minute match. Um, yeah. And all that's different is ringing a bell and having a, you know, having a referee <laughs> in the ring. So. And if you think about it, the locker room shouldn't actually be on either of these guys' sides. They should be pissed that a part-timer has the Universal Championship and then an old-timer gets to come back after living his life and getting the title picture. They should be on Braun's side the entire yeah. locker room. Right, but this the old Kurt, Kurt Angle sending him out here. to break it up was the story, though. <laughs> That's why they have security, man. That's why they hire those local uh, enhancement talents. Yeah. yeah, it's the same difference. Yeah, I know. It's just kind of storytelling is not really the strong suit of the WWE more often than not. Yeah, unfortunately. <sighs> Unfortunate ending. Uh, I mean, so like we said at the top of the show, I thought, oh, hey, they're going to make a statement. First Raw of the year, but it was just kind of an average Raw. 
You know what I? You know one thing we we didn't mention that I uh, that I kind of liked. Oh, what's that? It was the most I've been entertained by Jason a uh, Jason Jordan promo uh, since he's been on the main roster. Was that thing he did with Roman and Seth? Oh, oh yeah. And he came out at the end. He's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching your back. Believe that." <laughs> Just I thought he was I thought he was great there. Well, that's why everyone thought he was going to interfere in the match and cost Roman the title, and then but Jordan, they're not pushing Jordan as a heel anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a good good way to do it. Hey, Chris, what are your thoughts on Matt Hardy? Oh, man. I, my standard is quite high with Matt Hardy because, uh, to me, I think uh, Broken Matt was the best thing that came out of 2016 um, other than Chris Jericho's list. I think the list was two. I think Broken Matt was one. And I just have a high expectation and I wish that they would do more segments like when he had um, – what, what was the horse's name? Um, oh, what, what did he name the horse? I know he had uh, – it, it, it was the former boxing champion, right? Um, the kangaroo, right? He had George yeah, the Foreman. kangaroo. What did, he, what did he name Was him? it George Foreman? Yeah, it might have been George Foreman. Yeah, so I wish that they would have more segments like that. You know, just like B-roll footage. And yeah, stuff like the that. wacky, yeah, un unpolished mm -hmm. uh, stuff, kind of no. raw cut type of stuff. Go back to the um, compound, man. Bust the boat. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of. I think we all got engaged because of just more than his woken, uh, his broken kind of. No, I think. Uh, we lost Chris, but oh. it was Joe Frazier. Thanks, dang MQ in our chat. Yeah. Thanks, uh, but um, all right. Yeah, so when they take chances, I think I think I think you know that's what Chris is getting at that when Matt was taking chances, that's what people responded to, and we talk about this here. I mean, look at even tonight when they took a chance and they just like, hey, we're sending Titus Worldwide out there, Dana Brooks in there. It's at least different, and I feel like a lot of the time we will give professional wrestling the benefit of the doubt if they're giving us something different. But when they give us just more of the same and repeat and regurgitate things and run into the ground is when people just kind of tune out mentally, if not physically. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's overproduced right now. It doesn't feel organic. It just feels like he's, you know, it just feels like he's acting like that character as opposed to before it felt like he was that character. You know what I mean? So anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I was just, I was just saying that I just believe that. uh um, it, we we got all we we built a relationship with not just the kind of eccentric you know gestures that and, and facials that Matt Hardy did it was kind of the whole thing it was it was all the segments it was all the raw stuff the organic stuff all that compiled we got excited about just i mean even Rebby playing the piano king maxel all of those elements is why we liked the broken Matt Hardy and you're getting like a fraction of that with Woken, you know what I mean? So I think if we had more of that, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Rebby or King Maxwell coming back, but at the same time, do more stuff, do more footage, more than just a Jumbotron facial, you know, promos oh, that he geez. does. In a night of a ton of those look at the right at the camera promos for the yeah. Women's Rumble tonight, <laughs> ran that into the ground. Jesus Christ, the Sasha Banks won, the Bailey won, the Absolution won. And they just all feel so generic. I mean, that style is the worst style of promo. 
You should do the inset promos back in the day from like superstars, right? But when like, they do with those now, it's so cheesy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. Unfortunately, they, the, the scripting is so bad on those. <laughs> or do like the, um, you know, remember when the stage was like far away from the ring with like Mean Gene yeah. Oakland would uh, interview? Now, like those are the promos that you should do again. Yeah, I like those. Yeah. Oh man. So uh, let's talk about Wrestling Best of 2017. Results were announced yesterday. Should we go down the ri- uh, list, Rush? Yeah, sure. Why don't we? Yeah, we'll just talk briefly about a couple of them. Um, right. Breakout star of the year, the fans voted for Braun Strowman. Uh, couldn't argue with that. I think uh, I think that was a great choice. What do you guys think? He's the one that comes to mind, man. I mean, we talked about this at the top of the show, but they don't do years. You know, They don't do calendar years in the WWE, but Braun Strowman got a consistent push and was used in interesting enough ways um, that I think his star just was on the rise. Well, he's now a legit, he started the year as, you know, you know, just kind of an experiment. And now he's a legit main eventer. So there's not, no one else you could really say that, you know, about. Yeah. A lot of people were, including myself was very critical of um, when they did the, the split and he kind of broke away from the wide family and kind of was just by himself. We were just like, I know, I know I've heard a lot of people criticizing, including myself, like, man, you guys are going a little bit too, you know, fast with just kind of putting him in this spot. But I think, you know, if there was one person, if there was, if there was one person that was single-handedly responsible for him being in that spot, and he'd even admit it, it'd be Roman Reigns. You know, his oh, yeah. Roman Reigns really put him oh, in that my God. In spot. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, feud of the year, it was Okada versus Omega. I don't agree with that at all. They had three great matches, but there was no real, you know, the 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 story was not like something gripping or uh, anything like that. They, they had was, three fantastic it, matches. It kind of was. It kind of was. I think you know because the the first two matches, the, the story was surrounded around Omega hitting the one winged angel, and he ended up doing that in the G1, right? And so like that was that was the story, but I don't think it was the feud of the year though. I think it, I think Usos and, and against uh, New Day was. I would say in the WWE actually Reigns ver- or uh, Reigns versus Strowman just That's for the sheer spectacle. Not the storytelling so much, but the spectacle of it and the way they just pure brutality. It had some of the most memorable moments of the year that feud with the being thrown off the stretcher and then the and being crushed in the ambulance and all this ridiculous <laughs> stuff, but um, and it made a superstar, uh, and it, yeah. you know, so it it was one of those things where Roman really helped make this guy, uh, you know, and it helped the, Roman. I think I think it did wonders for Roman with the fan base. Yeah, so I, I agree hundred uh, uh, percent. Tag team of the year, the, the Usos. Usos. I I agree with that. Oh, hands down, absolutely. I don't know, man. Fashion police, strong second, strong second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. Woman of the Year, Alexa Bliss. I felt I feel like it's uh, really this year is either Alexa or Asuka, and Alexa was on the bigger stage, so I, I agree with that one too. Yeah, Alexa was great, great year mm-hmm. last year. I would actually go Asuka. Really? Yeah, she was out for a large portion of the year. Yeah, she was out uh, for like yeah. a month, right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that much. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, just the undefeated streak coming out of NXT, and you know, she's still. Her her character isn't hasn't been muddied, you know, by WWE on the main roster like a bunch of people. You know, Actually, NXT. 
Yeah, and that's the thing on the main roster is because Alexa is so. probably the only woman they didn't completely screw up um, last year. But they kind of have been since Absolution's been on. She's oh, been yeah. like definitely nothing. So. But her uh, promos, her feud with Bailey, her feud with Mickey James. I mean, Alexa's promos, the exception of Bailey, this is your life, were fantastic um, <laughs> last year. But that's the thing. Every other woman they they just messed with, you know, either in the booking or uh, the promos. It just wasn't consistent. But I thought Alexa, yeah, said a fantastic year. Yeah. Um, event of the year was NXT Takeover War Games. I was surprised by that. Um, good. Even though it's a it's a good pick. Mm. Yeah, that top to bottom was a great show, but. <laughs> I'm just about to say, Raj, what was that one pay per view last year that we hated the least? That <laughs> that we like that that was the one that didn't have. I think I think all of them had the. It was so good up until the last yeah one to four matches. I feel like that's been happening a lot lately here. You know, like Clash of Champions was kind of, kind of like that too, where it yeah opened strong and then it was weak by the end. Um, you know, I like for me, an event, it's got to have that electricity. It's got to have that yeah. vibe, the crowd going crazy. All that stuff really makes it. I, I thought War Games was one of those for sure. It was good. Uh, it was two hours, man, or two and a half hours. Like you can't undervalue that. Can you imagine some of those main roster pay-per-views within two and a half hours yeah. would have been A+. plus. Yeah. I go WrestleMania 33. Yeah, I mean WrestleMania is always kind of a an easy one, but there is just something with WrestleMania, just the spectacle by itself, and you had that that roller coaster stage and mm-hmm. and that that gigantic ramp. Um, oh, it was good this year, and, it had, so and it had good matches. Uh, yeah, it, had it had a few good matches. Someone, I think, uh, I, mean, the, I think the Hardys, I think the Hardys uh, return. I think awesome, Go, man. I think Goldberg and Lesnar was perfect. I think it was written amazingly, and I think that the Undertaker send off. I think those three elements alone is kind of what raises that event higher than any other. I'll throw ones. AJ and AJ and Shane on there too. I, I that, was, that was good that was too. Good. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I overall, I'd probably have to. I'd probably have to say WrestleMania 33 as well. Although uh, in the chat, as people are saying, uh, Black Bolt saying Great Balls of Fire. And looking back at this, I'm like, oh, yeah, Great Balls of Fire was really good. But I think that was one that was one that was the opposite that got better as it went on throughout the night. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be on on this year's lineup, though. (sighs) Yeah. Shame. Um, So... uh, Match of the year, they got Omega versus Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 11. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think there's anything compared. <laughs> no. Again, I, I think the the problem I have with the New Japan crowds just because they're not, you know I, I guess just growing up watching American wrestling. I like the crazy crowds going nuts for in a match. And, mm. and they were for a Japanese crowd, but that was still really quiet. Just kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like that, Ooh, ah, you know, like, like, right. So like yeah. a repeat value, it's like, yeah. And that's what, the, that's what these match of the years. It's always so subjective because rock versus Hogan was awesome. Right. But the match from athletically was nothing, you know? Yeah. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, as a work match, it was great, but I I'm going with AJ and, and Cena at the at the Rumble earlier this year because I thought the the crowd was just electric. Uh, they were just going crazy for all the the near falls at the end. I, I thought yeah. it was I thought yeah. it was awesome. 
the stakes were high too, and I, that's always a good uh, factor when it comes to matches when the stakes are high. Yeah, you know, it was built around Cena tying the record too. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good match. It, it was, you so Chris, you you went with Omega and Okada. Yeah, I I think that match right. was phenomenal. I would go with the, the Rumble match, Cena and Styles. Yeah. And then finally, uh, Wrestler of the Year. Uh, the fans voted for AJ Styles. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I I voted for AJ 2016 for sure. Um, this I thought this was one of those years where there wasn't a clear cut Wrestler of the Year. Everyone, it was just kind of um, everything was just kind of no, there, there wasn't a big difference maker. Real quick with Feud of the Year, um, if Jericho and Kenny Omega had a match. The, in that calendar year, I think that would have <laughs> taken it because I think that they had the best feud I've seen in pro wrestling in a long time. Yeah, the build up's great. Yeah, yeah I think it's fantastic. It was, but the fact that they hadn't had a match yet, so yeah. uh, I think there's a clear cut twelve was five days earlier. What's that? Yeah, I think there's a clear cut wrestle of the year personally. Who's uh, that? I, I would give it to Kazushka Okada. Hmm. Okay, so are you? Are your t- so? Here's the thing with wrestler of the year, right? Um, if you're going just based on the match quality and in-ring performance, um, but I don't know, like, uh, when I think of wrestler of the year, I think of kind of the whole package of like making a difference, uh, you know, making mm-hmm. a difference for the company, um, uh, creating that electricity and, and, you know, I don't, I just don't get that with Okada. Like, I feel like Naito is, a gets more of that. Um, interest uh, than Okada does. I mean, Okada is their guy, but um, yeah. I think I think I think the whole I think because of Lij, you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing. If if not if Naito wasn't a part, if he wasn't the leader of Lij, you know, what I mean, it's there any type of faction that's just coming. I mean, we see with Bullet Club, we saw with NWO, we see with Lij, you know, anything that's kind of factiony. I think it kind of helps just your fan base, and a lot of times, especially if it's good, if it's exciting. Uh, with to me, with 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 Okada, it's just that he rose. I mean, he, the, the the matches that he was in, even with Bad Luck Fale, uh, the matches with Minoru Suzuki, with Cody, of course, the trilogy with with Omega. I mean, just throughout the the entire year, uh, Naito. Uh, I just think with the this the entire year he just did an amazing job uh elevating stars and he's still, you know, crazy over in, in New Japan with uh with the with the Rainmaker gimmick. Yeah. I mean I I could see it. I mean I I put him over AJ. AJ he started and ended the year as WWE champion, but kind of in the middle of that, between him mm. losing it and then winning it back, we didn't really have that. That's much. why this calendar year right. thing really is very flawed <laughs> for wrestling. Yeah, I mean it really is. Like and uh, Rolling Stone giving the Miz. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Year. Like I would say for 2016. <laughs> no way. I think it was the best. He hasn't headlined a pay per view. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know that headlining a pay per view. I think is different. That's more about mainstream i don't know i feel like sometimes for the for the fans that watch week in and week out we have a different criteria because we're tuning in no matter what um and that's why like brock lesnar wouldn't win but brock he was a difference maker like oh, when he, like ratings were going down and then when he came in had that feed with samoa joe but he uh, things turned back up 
He doesn't have to work for it. Brock can just show up. Yeah, but that's he he earned that spot. I mean, yeah. he's a superstar. He he you know he uh, he got there. Undertaker works less than him. You know? yeah. yeah, I like that though. I I like that with the world champion. I do too. Being there every week, I I like it because Hogan used to do it all the time. Yeah, know? and and it he had that longevity because of that. Exactly. Because he's not and on every single week. How come yeah. no one's casting Brock in movies? Do a remake of No Holds Barred. Oh, Dave, he, he's been offered. He turned them all down. Yeah, he's been offered stuff in the past. <laughs> Wait, he has too no much desire work. to do it. He can make more money just you know. <laughs> wrestling 12 events a year for the wwe hey, uh, i i think it's way more effective that way i yeah. think if brock was on every week it would just kind of kill his 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 thing it would just kind of he's too. just another guy um yeah. i you know i have to say it's not on the list but i have to say segment of the year at least for the wwe um i gotta go festival of friendship yeah mm-hmm. i agree 100 percent. that was wwe storytelling at its finest and of course that guy they fired who wrote that yeah unless well you know what uh again jericho and omega the 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 one that he did when he surprised him and uh mm. attacked him from behind that was good mm. uh, yeah i think jericho that was the world tag league wasn't it what's that was that was the world tag league wasn't it yeah he, yeah made the appearance yeah yeah i think jericho he's uh he was the most interesting wrestler of the year i think with with what he's done but yeah. it's it's kind of you know top heavy from October to December and and then the festival of friendship stuff. But yeah. so yeah, so he's like the he's like the MVP of 2017. Yeah, I can say yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, we should probably wrap things up. So we'll be back Wednesday to talk about SmackDown Live. First SmackDown Live of 2018. Oh my God, Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles tomorrow night. Yeah. How's that gonna go? What weird stipulation will they add to try and bar Kevin Owens from ringside? Yeah. Do they have Sammy beat AJ like they had Owens beat AJ last week? And yeah. Just keep that going. And tomorrow is Rusev Day. So, you know. It's Rusev Day every day. We'll get, yeah. We'll get that. Every day, day is Rusev Day. <laughs> <laughs> the, when I saw this morning, those shirts weren't back in stock at wweshop.com. <sighs> That's changed. Um, so, fans might have to wait a little longer. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, so Chris, where can people find your stuff on the interwebs? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Chris Prolific and the Pancakes and Power Slam show uh, at Crave Wrestling. Episode 301 airs tomorrow at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Well, tonight, actually. It's after 12. And yeah. Chris will be joining us again this Wednesday. Awesome. Indeed. Cool, guys. So uh, stay tuned to the site. Raj, you got big stories coming up. The year is off and running. We've got interviews of the final part with Al Snow, stuff with Kevin uh, Kevin Kelly, uh, Jimmy Jacobs, um, and I'm working on something big. Oh. I'm working on it, so we'll see. We'll see if it happens. Stay tuned to Wrestling Inc., folks. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. We'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. <laughs>